Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or a friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. All right, let's get into it. We're starting off today's episode with our cocktail of the day. I'm having a grapefruit flavored fizzy sparkling water. That's right, no alcohol for me today. But what you having, girl? Girl, I have some drink that I found in my fridge. It's good, it's fruity, and it's refreshing. Sounds good enough to me. Cheers to that. And let's hop into this game. It's game time. So we recently found out that The View is looking for a new host. So Megan McCain recently said on live TV without telling her co-host that she would not be returning. First of all, I don't think that's a problem because if I'm leaving, if I'm not cool with you, I'm not going to tell you I'm leaving. Like, I'm going to make sure that I have everything lined up for the next gig and then you, I'm just, you're going to find out on my last day. Like, why should I have told you before? Most of the people probably thought it was a little rude, but I don't. What you think? I totally agree with you. And it is no secret, no surprise that she does not get along with a good majority of her co-hosts. So why does she owe them any kind of explanations? This is the only time that I will say I support her. Okay. So who do you think should replace Megan on The View? A cardboard box. Mm-mm. Oh, are we not suggesting what can replace her and it would still be the same effect? I guess if you go on that route. So what else you got besides a cardboard box, girl? A cup of water. Because at least Stop a cup it. of water is going to like, you know, quench my thirst. Is go If I'm feeling a little parched, I can take a little sippy sip. It's going to contribute something to the conversation other than just cutting me off. So is it going to be fizzy water like I'm having or some flat water? Well, flat to go with whoever you're replacing because you need a one to one. child you ain't never been so shady i love it shady lady but for real people i'm gonna say i'm gonna need garcelle bouvet to step away from the real and head on over to the view she could handle it she you know got her toes wet in daytime hosting gig and now i think she's ready for the view she could handle it against plus her and Whoopi, they'd be really good and sunny i think that would be a nice little mix what you think I agree. And from watching Garcelle on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I've noticed that Mama can definitely hold her own. She is not afraid to voice an opinion, but she's also extremely very well put together where she will cut you with a fact. And that is what they need. And that's on periods. I was also thinking that, you know what, maybe we could have a little fun and flirty with Sonia Morgan as the new host. I like that because Sonia is loud. She is crazy. She's extra. My only issue is, I don't know if she's daytime girl. Oh, you know what? That is an excellent point. We also need to see where is the view filming? Because if it's too close to downtown, she may not make it out there. She may not even wake up in time. She likes to have her long party nights, but I think she would be a nice, you know, week fill-in, right? You know, when they try to find a new host, they do these different people for a week. Maybe that would be her spot. How about that? And, you know, maybe she could teach them a thing or two about getting conversations started with a nice, refreshing mimosa at 8 a.m. 
Yes. And you know what? I was going to suggest Tiffany Haddish, but she already got too many jobs. She got about five, 10, 11 jobs. So maybe not. But you got um, more jobs than I do. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. But I think they tried Raven Simone a few years ago because they tried to get that younger viewership in. And that didn't quite well, in my opinion, it didn't work out well. It did so not. How about you do Hillary Duff? She's young. She has a couple kids. She has her point of view. She could speak for the younger generation and be not a Meghan McCain. Yes, and Hillary Duff still has a very loyal following from when she played Lizzie McGuire on the Disney Channel. Um, yeah, um, hello, I'm a big fan. And she was on Younger, which was an okay show, but still, I'm a But I, I love Lizzie. But you know, they are rebooting the Lizzie McGuire. She's going to be an adult running around this, in the cité. So we'll see how that works. But then I also thought of, I was like, you know, who are some people that I love, love, love? And I was like, maybe Kyla Pratt or Carla Hall. Like they're both two very different people. But again, on the younger side, Kyla Pratt just be doing a damn thing and she's so real. And I feel like on any topic, again, she's also a mother. She is in the younger generation and she will bring her positioning to any topic they talk about. And yes. as far as Carla, she's just good to watch. She is so bubbly and fun. Mm. I was also thinking, what about Tiana Taylor? I mean, she got too many things going on, but now that she's officially stepped back from music, I feel like this would be a good project for her to put in the works and then bringing her perspective she is so fine too so it would just be really great tv aesthetics so interesting but you know what i love is that these women are all so different but the only reason why we could like throw in their names it's because megan mccain is gone like if megan mccain were still there like all these women they just wouldn't mesh they wouldn't fit but I do feel like I can't wait to see who they choose and maybe more than one person might be leaving. Who knows? All I got to say is I just need Whoopi and Joy to stay. Everybody else don't really care. And now time for What the Fuck News. And in today's What the Fuck News to ever What the Fuck, Bill Cosby is now free. It's a no for me. How? Girl, the prosecutorial misconduct. That's how. Just last week, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned the indecent assault conviction of Bill Cosby. And this was due to the fact that in the original trial, before he was tried of his criminal charges, Bill Cosby allegedly had a deal with an earlier prosecutor where the prosecutor agreed to not file criminal charges against Bill Cosby if he agreed to testify in civil court regarding a lawsuit that he had with one of the plaintiffs that was also named in the criminal complaint. A second prosecutor rolled up onto the scene and said, oh, hold up now. Everything that you allocated to in civil court, this is too horrendous, and we're going to go forward with criminal proceedings. So just last week, the Supreme Court found that because of the fact Bill Cosby was not awarded his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination, the conviction could actually get overturned, and he was released from prison. Yeah. I mean, it's a real sad day for all the victims that were involved, but also it's like, sir, you were serving time in jail for this crime that you did commit. Yes, you did do it. And secondly, you are, you know, you're older, you have lived a decent life. Your legacy is already tarnished. Now that you are out of jail, why go and speak as though 
you are so happy. And it just is a slap in the face to all of the women that were harmed due to you and your involvement. It's just truly sad that those women were happy to see him go to jail, but now it's a complete opposite feeling seeing him come out. Exactly that. And, you know, I've obviously been on the socials looking up everything that's been going on. There are so many people on Twitter that are just like, oh, this is so great. He was wrongfully convicted. And I'm just sitting there and I go, do you realize that wrongfully convicted means that you are convicted for a crime that you did not do? He admitted in the civil proceedings that he did do these things. This came from his mouth. And now we're basically just giving the victims a big middle finger saying, you know what? Tough cookies. It is what it is. And it's true. I do agree with procedural justice. However, sometimes the procedural law just does not line up with what is right. And this is definitely one of those instances. And the fact that he's out of jail and he gets to live as a free man, just go quietly, shut up, get back to your wife who's stuck by your side but to go and talk in and, you know, he's going to do more interviews and, you mm-hmm. know, the man, he's going to be working again. It's just going to leave a bad taste in everybody who is involved with you and around you's lives is let's move on. And we'll talk about the people who are supporting him a little bit later. And moving on to some even sadder and unfortunate news. So an apartment building that recently collapsed in Miami, it partially collapsed. It left over 120 people unaccounted for. And for a week, firefighters have been trying to either account for the missing or the fatalities. As of right now, we are up to 54 people who have died with still 86 people left unaccounted for. Yeah. And at this point, they're not going to find any survivors. It's been over a week. We've had crazy weather. We've had a heat wave. We've had a hurricane. We have had electrical fires from all of the wires that are a part of this building. It's just so sad on so many levels. But the worst part is that, well, what do you know? It could have been avoided. What? The residents Mm. were warned about major structural damages nearly two months prior to the collapse in April of this year. There was a letter written from the condo board president, Gene Wannicki, telling the residents that discussions about the fixes had gone on for years and that problems with the concrete were accelerating. But pretty much... They wanted them to pay for it. They expected residents to pay anywhere between $80,000 to $300,000 to pay for these damages that they knew were unlivable. And Get the fuck out of here. And these conditions were figured out not this year, not last year, but in 2018 by an engineer three years ago. So you mean to tell me that an engineer whose job literally is to tell you, hey, your building about to collapse, tells you there's something wrong with your building. And because you were trying to scrimp and scrape on pennies to keep your pockets lined, you basically allowed for these deaths to occur just so that you could keep making profits. Okay, got it. Cool. Nearly, you know, 200 people in total who are gone, still yet to be accounted for, but who are deceased. It's a real tragedy, especially to hear the stories of all the different families that have perished, some people who had visitors, some people who just moved to the condo, you know, to, to relax and retire. 
imagine those who thankfully were able to get out the people who were on the side of the building that didn't collapse i mean you are forever going to go through a lot they're going to need therapy but again this could have been avoided so it's just shame on you it's just sad shame i hope hell is nice and toasty for you wad nikki and i hope all the families and the victims they sue the shit out of them and in less horrendous what the fuck news, but still what the fuck is going on? Because the stupid. Yeah. Pete Davidson is now removing all of his tattoos. Um, okay, you know, I get it. Sometimes we get things put on our bodies that we later regret as we are adults, and we decide to get that removed. But maybe it might be one, two, maybe three. But this man's is practically covered in his entire body with tattoos like full sleeves arms legs full chest maybe his back neck maybe somewhere down below the seatbelt line i don't know it's gonna take over two years to remove them all make it make sense yeah so after he removes a few tattoos he needs a couple of weeks or months to heal before he can go back and get another surgery like it makes no sense but of course this is always a part of some damn stunt he actually does want to remove these tattoos because he wants to focus on his acting career sure but he is the new (laughs) spokesperson for smart water and in the promo he mentions making better choices and you can see him getting a tattoo lasered off of him, but he's basically equating, you know, having a healthier body and like he wants to remove himself of these tattoos he got when he was younger and basically not thinking about his future. And he's about 27 now. He says he wants to get all of his tattoos removed before he's 30. Okay. I mean, I get where he's going with that, but one Are we really focusing on Pete Davidson's acting career? No one ever. (laughs) You know know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of the jackass guys. Oh my God, yes. Yes, you just do anything for attention. Like no one cared about you. And honestly, I only heard about him when he was dating and he got engaged to Ariana Ariana Grande. That is the only time ever anyone knew that you were on SNL. I mean, I probably know the entire rest of the cast except for you. Like, who are you? Yeah. And honestly, Smartwater, y'all could have done better. Come on. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. He was surprised when they reached out to him. And then, I mean, I don't (laughs) know if he wanted to remove the tattoos already or if this was his marketing ploy in a partnership with Smartwater. It just seems so odd. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Just go film a jackass on MTV or something. Like, yeah. I'm just very curious as to how all this is going to look because that lasering shit, one, is painful. And two, it's not going to just look like the tattoo was never there. I don't know. But I mean, if it all, you know, turns back to him not having had the tattoos, he's just going to look like a regular bland piece of thing. I mean, you know, it would be really funny if he goes through the process of removing all of these tattoos only to get more tattoos later on. He just might. I feel like this is a stunt of his. Like he's a somewhat comedian, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I'm using quotes because I don't think he's funny. I don't see his talent. So I feel like this is just a a stunt. Okay, we jumping into regular regular news. So Kenya Barris walked away from a nice, hot, spicy ass $100 million Netflix deal. What? Why? Because he says they couldn't let him be edgy enough yes so 
in his decision to walk away from this, he says, Netflix is not the platform for my voice. I'm very curious as to what that voice actually is, because I've seen some of the shit on Netflix. It's edgy, girl. And his last show that he did that was supposed to be like the real aspect of Blackish was pretty edgy. Like they let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. You you put me onto that. I couldn't get into it. But my whole thing is you say that they're not making you edgy enough. Um, hire me. Give me one quick, easy mail. I'll help be that barrier in between and say, you know, Netflix, let's do a little something over here. Or maybe I will change your mind and you don't have to be as edgy as you think you want to be. Because who's walking away from 100 million? You got to have a lot of damn money to walk away from 100 million damn dollars. Talk about rich privilege. Talk about rich privilege that you can just be like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I appreciate these $100 million that you are giving me. However, I am going to take my talents elsewhere where I can really be who I want to be. Like, bitch, for $100 million, I say whatever you want me to say. But you know what? I'm glad that he's a black man who knows his worth and knows at the end of the day that his art is more than that hundred million dollars. But also he is a man. So he's offered that money. Didn't we have Wanda Sykes talking about how Netflix was trying to lowball her on a mm. deal years ago? Weird when you see both sides of the fence. But I'm like, damn, bro. I mean, really? You don't want to rethink that deal because I can help you. I can help you, brother. Yeah. And, you know, you never know when the next panorama is going to be around the corner. So you should really be stacking up those monies while you can. And he got a couple, five, seven, eight kids, right? Shit. I know that he's got enough kids to be able to have uh, three on a half court. Well, you know what? That makes me mad. But I'm sure he's still doing a lot better than this next man in Iowa. A 42-year-old man named Robert Golitzer Jr., He allegedly threatened to blow up a McDonald's. They forgot to give him the sauce for his chicken nuggets. I mean, listen, I be getting upset too when I order my chicken nuggets and y'all only giving me one sauce packet for 10 nuggets. That's not going to do it. But what I'm not about to do is threaten to blow up the whole damn building. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, so after he's reached his destination, he called the store back and said he would punch a worker and blow up the branch. So, of course, he was arrested. But then he was released the next damn day. Now, I'm all about my sauce. I'm all about my sauce. I need it. I love to make it. It it makes everything taste better. But you know, when the weather gets hot, the brains start to fry and people Mm -hmm. don't make no damn sense. What the hell are you doing? This is true. This is true. Like, I get it. You know what? You're tired. It's too hot for you to cook at home. So you're just trying to get yourself a quick little mealy here and there. But sir, what did them McDonald's workers do to you? They're just trying to do their job and be out here, you know, to try to make ends meet like everybody else. And why do you have to threaten to punch the worker and also blow up the McDonald's? He's clearly upset with his life. But you know, what? at the end of the day, I'm sure the nuggets, if he did eat them, I hope they gave him diarrhea. It's like you need some real karma coming for your ass. Oh, yeah. I hope them guts was a bubbling after what you did. And on this section of Baby, we winning. We really want to give all the flowers and roses to the ever beautiful, always royal Queen Latifah, as she was recently honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award at the BET Awards. And she acknowledged not only her partner, but their son. When did that happen? Hold up. When did they have a kid? When did she get a kid? 
I mean, I knew she had a partner that I think is also like her trainer and they've been living together for a minute. But when did she have a kid? That's what I want to know. This is the first I ever heard of that. But I was happy to see it. And, you know, before she got her award, we watched Little Kim, Rhapsody, MC Light and Moni Love performing a ton of the Queen songs. She had her dad on stage and also her acceptance speech had a picture of her mom who passed away a few years ago. It was so lovely to see. I love Queen Latifah. It's like when people like her have been around for so long, you forget all that they've done. At least I do for a minute. And then seeing these awards and, you know, giving them their flowers, it just brings it all back. Well-deserved. Yes. And, you know, this was also bringing me back. Just watching her on the stage was giving me all those memories. Watching Living Single, all that she did to really highlight and represent for Black women. And then when she finally came out, just having that other layer of representation. So this is more than well-deserved. And another thing I loved about Living Singles was she had her real mama playing her mama on the show. Her and Tootie. Yes, doing the thing. Doing the thing. Now get into this next hilarious piece. I can't. So in a recent happy turn of events for this beautiful couple, 56-year-old filmmaker and actor Don Cheadle has secretly and finally married his partner, Bridget Coulter. And And they've been together for how long? Girl, 28 years. Oh, hell no. No. That's a mess. No, 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 no. They have two adult ass children aged 26 and 25. How are you just now getting married in a secret? I'm sorry, I'm not. And that's the thing. It's a secret on top of that. And they got mm-hmm. married. They got married during the pandemic during 2020 when most couples were breaking up, which I find to be too funny. But I'm like, how much more do you need to show that you are ride or die? They've been together since the early 90s. You have two children together. I get that. You know, you've been together, you have a union, but why get married now? Like, and why not before? Because I'm not doing some 28-year-old relationship. No. It's not two children. It's two adults. Like, their children are old enough to vote, drink, rent a car without having to pay the extra insurance, and also not be covered by their parents' health insurance. Adult-ass children. And I hope they invited their adult-ass children to this secret wedding. Wouldn't that be some shit that we just, they just turn up at the house one day like, oh, hey, kiss, kiss my new wife over here. It's your mama. Or what if they turn on the news and seen it? That'd have been funnier. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. And yes, I would be funny. But you know what? I love Don Cheadle. He puts out amazing pieces of work each and every time. So at the end of the day, congrats to them. In this section of Check This Out, we got some great stuff, real good movies and documentaries, all that coming out. So Morris Chestnut is producing a new film, Greenwood Avenue, about the Tulsa massacre. And this film is going to chart the story of a Philadelphia lawyer who follows a mysterious lead to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to discover the events of Black Wall Street massacre in 1921 and her family's connection to it. Tell us a little more about that, Sally. I love that this is something that is now being spoken about at a much larger stage. For a long time, you know, they didn't teach us about this massacre in school at all. I didn't learn about this until I was well into my graduate school career. And what I love about this is that the movie will depict mobs of white residents, some of them deputized and given weapons by city officials who burned, attacked and destroyed over 35 square blocks of black residents, homes and businesses in the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
So the reason why this was called Black Wall Street is because at the time, this was one of the wealthiest Black communities in the United States. But this ain't something that they're talking about in our history books. We don't talk about this massacre. We don't talk about Black affluence. And the fact that this is now a project that's coming into the works after all of this legislation trying to dispel critical race theory from K-12 through education because our legislators don't want us talking about how terrible racist white people were back then. And to now have a project of this magnitude come onto the silver screen, I cannot wait. I'm buying all the tickets for me, my friends, my family. I'm going to go see it 10 times. Yeah, no, you're right. This is not what they're teaching children in school. And this is our history right here, you know? So I'm glad that they have these movies coming out, you know, actors who are also producing and being a huge part of a movement to let our futures know this is what happened in the past. Let's not forget it. And let's make sure it doesn't happen again. I don't know if I could watch it, though, because, you know, there's some of those movies like, you know, it's a great story, but it's going to be one of those things that get you so mad. You're going to be looking at everybody out in the world who aren't like you, and I'm going to have to really put myself in a special place to watch it. And moving on to a reviving show by football great Peyton Manning and his brother. He's going to be hosting College Bowl. And so the brothers are going to have students from a variety of the nation's top schools who are going to answer questions on a ton of subjects. But in the final round, they're going to compete head-to-head for scholarships that will go towards education. I want to know where the hell was this revival of this show when we were in college, right? Because I can answer some questions. I can answer about like, you know, math, history, science, arithmetic. Give me all the questions. I would love to compete for a chance to have not had student loans. And that's on period. That part. And it seems like a version of Jeopardy for college students, even though Jeopardy does have like a college week or a college month. But I think with the money you win from Jeopardy, you can use that on whatever. But at least with this, it's going to go directly towards scholarships. And I don't know. They seem more like, I guess, normal. Normal students, not necessarily nerds. And, you know, I'm not saying that you got to be a nerd in order to be on Jeopardy, but yeah, you kind of do. I mean, I haven't been able to answer a question on Jeopardy in at least six years. So I think I saw one I knew the other day. It was just that one. Don't you love it? You're like, yes, I could have gotten that. Oh, wait, I know it, but I would never make it on the show. And moving <laughs> on to Lifetime, because they always doing something. What they doing over at Lifetime, girl? Girl, so Lifetime, you know, you really got to give it up to Lifetime for taking everyone's trauma, exploiting it, and then creating some made-for-TV movie special about it. Because, you know, the besties, we are all about the toxicity as long as it's not about us. So Lifetime is going to premiere a new movie this fall about the Markles, a.k.a. Harry and Meghan. And they're calling it Harry and Meghan Escaping the Palace. Ooh, child. Already, this is a mess. So I did watch the trailer. And in the trailer, it shows Harry and Meghan's struggles and their strain under the pressure of media scrutiny, including all of the trauma that Harry went through, remembering how his mom, Princess Diana, also went through very similar harrowing experiences and how the paparazzi really just tormented her entire life. And this is basically history repeating itself with Meghan Markle and them just trying to raise their family, but really just be normal because at the end of the day she was trying to be a normal girl but what i will say is i give it to lifetime on the casting alone 
Yeah, they did a good job with the casting. But you know what? It's not all about darkness. The trailer also shows a reenactment of the infamous Oprah interview. I got to see that. I'm thinking they won't actually have someone play Oprah. We'll just probably see the back of her head and see the two, you know, the fake Harry and Meghan. But okay. And we also see some tender moments with baby Archie and a few other moments prior to the birth of, you know, we now know that they have a baby girl, Lilibet. Yeah, they can never get anyone to play Oprah. Only Oprah is Oprah. Yeah, but I mean, Lifetime is just always waiting around the corner. The minute something happens to a celebrity, they're the first one to pop up with a janky ass movie. This looks like one of them, but you know, check it out. Looks like a good watch. We have a new segment coming at y'all. We are calling this B-A-N of the week because bitch asses knows no bound. So this is where we take a certain individual and we just really have to take them a task for all of the ridiculous things that they are out here doing in these streets. But wait a minute, Sally, remind the people of what a B-A-N is. A B-A-N is a bitch ass you know what. And we take this out of reminiscent of a one Mr. P. Diddy who really let us know that anyone can be a bitch ass. True. A bitch ass is a state of mind, not just a person. And this week we are dragging B-A-N of the week, J-L from Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Treva, let the people know why we are doing this to this man or really why he did it to himself. He done did it to himself, but you know what? Last time we spoke to y'all, this was on the cusp of the second and final reunion episode. So we talked to y'all about the first reunion where JL wasn't there. He didn't show up, but we really did not know that he basically is the father of this child he had. He had a whole, you know, summer six week romance on the show with this girl who's about what, 10 years older than him, I would say. And they had a beautiful little romance. We saw Blossom on the show. And the woman is basically weeks away from giving birth that we saw on the reunion. The baby is now here. He is the only one she slept with. They only slept together. That is the timing of the show and the baby being born. And he is basically denying that he's a father. He wants a test. He is um, a bitch ass for sure because he is still on his mama's teeth. He's about, what, 22, 23 years old. And apparently someone needs to tell him how children come into the world. If you're old enough to have sex, sir, you better be old enough to be a father because you are this child's father. That part, all the parts that you just said right there. And the funny part is that America, we saw this baby being made on national TV. Multiple times they was getting down and dirty. Mm Mm-hmm. He apparently he's waiting for a test, right? That's what he's saying. And he's over here claiming like, oh, well, you know, the baby's mother and the baby are currently in Australia. And because of COVID, Sydney is shut down. There's no way for me to get there. And I'm like, sir, all you need to do is spit in a tube, send the tube out to the lab and wait for your results. You don't have to go all the way out to Sydney for that. So the mother of the child is from Brazil. They're in the middle of the season, Croatia, loving it up. And she goes to set up shop in Australia. So yes, Australia was on lockdown and shut down. The borders were closed for anyone else. You already know that you are with this woman. For you to treat her this way and allow your mother to speak negatively upon her, because she did, his mama went on the socials and basically attacked this woman who was still pregnant at the time. But Mm -hmm. now that the daughter is here and you know, listen, things are open up. You have ways of getting there. Stop being an asshole and the B.A.N. that you are and man up. And that's on periods. 
All right, let's get into the sad blackity black ass truth. So here's the sad truth with Shakari Richardson, who qualified, then lost her chances for running in the individual 100 meter race at the 2021 Tokyo Olympics after smoking legal marijuana. So 21 year old Shakari was a sure winner for gold in the Olympics. But she admitted to using marijuana to help her cope with the sudden death of her mother. She was in Oregon where weed is fully legal for the Olympic trials when she learned about the death from a reporter during an interview. What? How terrible is that? Yeah. I mean, you didn't even hear about this from a loved one. Some reporter told you in your post-race interview. There were hopes that Shikari would run in the 4 by 100 meter relay since her 30-day suspension ends before the race, but her name was left off the roster. Her response, this is just one game. She said, I'm 21, I'm very young, I have plenty of games left in me to compete in, and I have plenty of talent that backs me up because everything I do comes from me naturally. No steroids, no anything. Okay. See, I love that she has a great attitude about this all. But I'm still mad for her. Yes, I'm extremely upset because let's break this down, okay? First of all, if she smokes weed and is still able to have the fastest 100 meter, she can run 100 meters in under 10 seconds. I can barely get up off my couch sober in under 10 seconds. And we're going to penalize her? This is not a performance-enhancing drug. The whole point of these drug tests is to test for those particular aspects. If this was the case, then I'm going to need y'all to start testing people for having alcohol in their system, for taking a Benadryl, for having too much caffeine, because maybe too much coffee in your system can also give you an unfair advantage. Because I feel like they're just doing too much with this. See, I get that the Olympic rules and regulations are like no substances whatsoever, but y'all need to update these rules and regulations, especially if what she was doing was not illegal where she currently was. And I'm just not understanding how they have so many restrictions on these things. And that's the same thing with, you know, weed in general, where it's legal in some states, not legal in others. You have people in jail serving sentences for selling it. And Mm -hmm. then it's a billion dollar whole system out here. People are selling weed and making good money off of it. Like something has to change, but most definitely these Olympic rules. They're also trying to ban hair caps for swimmers, for black women who have natural hair or black people who have natural hair, not just women, you know, but they banned it. Yeah, so they were trying to get caps that are made specifically for people with a different type of textured hair because the cap just doesn't sit the same as it would on someone else. That's just biology. You can't help it. They're not looking for an unfair advantage. They're not looking to shave off seconds or anything like that. They're simply saying, hey, I don't want to wear this cap because it's fucking up my hair. And it's also not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And And it's also making them uncomfortable. And that's messing up their psyche when they're trying to win a medal over here. They work hard. Exactly. They work hard. So why should a cap and the fact that I'm uncomfortable in this keep me from being able to get to what I came here to do? But now um, talk about these two women. They were black women that they banned for having too much testosterone, you say? Oh, yeah. So two women, also track runners, are now banned from the 400 meter event because apparently they tested too high on their testosterone levels. Not because they tested positive for steroids, not because they tested positive for any sort of performance enhancing drugs, but because they just naturally produce more 
testosterone, which again, and I've been getting really annoyed with these conversations in the socials because now it's turning into a whole, oh, well, they must just be men. And I'm like, no, women also produce testosterone. It's just that some women produce it more naturally than others. This is also something that's very common amongst athletes who train vigorously in the way that most Olympic athletes do. Yes. And they even have changed some rules so that there are now transgender Olympians in the Olympics. There is a female uh, weightlifter, right? And she is Caucasian. She now identifies as a transgender woman and she made it into the Olympics. That's great. But if you can change these rules for the times, why can't you change the testosterone level for people that naturally this is what their bodies produce? And it wasn't even like the two women whom they banned. It's not even like they their testosterone levels tested off of the charts. It was just outside of the margin of what is deemed acceptable for that particular event. And, you know, it's crazy because I did see this on an episode of The Good Fight a few seasons ago. Hmm. That was a transgendered swimmer who her body naturally produces more testosterone. And I'm just like, this is. There's so many unfair things happening. There also, you could look at it from a race angle. I just need to the Olympics to stop trying to, you know, bring black people down because we're going to be great regardless. So this is something that needs to get fixed, but ASAP. That part. And now for your black card revoked. So this episode, we got two black cards that need revoking today. The first one we're talking about is, unfortunately, Judge Joe Brown, because he had the nerve to come out here talking about how Cosby's accusers are groupies. Oh, hell no. Hot mess. I cannot. I cannot. And after we just said all those nice things about you, Judge Joe Brown, you're really going to come out here and have this interesting debate with Black News Channel's Mark Lamont Hill or the disgraced comedian Bill Cosby and his recent release from prison. So he goes on Mark's show and Mark Lamont Hill, who most of you probably know as an activist and a professor at Cosby's alma mater, was left disgusted after the exchange because he originally invited Brown onto the show since they tweeted opposing views after Cosby's release. Let's listen to a clip from the show. Is there room to say, look, Bill Cosby can come home because the prosecutor was wrong, but Bill Cosby also has to be accountable for what he represents and for acts of predator-like behavior. What about these women being accountable for their own behavior? They were groupies. You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, sex, drugs, rap, sex, drugs, baseball, football, basketball, movies, television. See... Yeah, but, but, but right now I'm talking about Bill Cosby. I'm saying, we it, forgot what that term meant. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. The bimbos come to the party. Yeah. They hang out. They get drunk. They snort lines of blow. And they have a good time. Uh, they use the hall closets to give head, the bathrooms to get down. And you go in to get your coat off of the bed. And they're laying on top of it doing somebody. See, that's what that's about. What? Tragic, tragic, tragic. So what we basically hear is Brown saying, what about these women being accountable for their own behavior? They were groupies, sex, drugs, rock and roll, rap, baseball, football, basketball, movies, television. See, it's called being a groupie. We forget what that term meant. No, sir. 
No, sir. Read. That's a problem. When you go out and you want to have fun and you want to be around celebs and you want to party, that's one thing. When you are drugged unwillingly and unknowingly and forced to have sex and perform sexual acts unknowingly and unwillingly, that is not the same thing as having fun and partying. So for you to discount these women and call them groupies, shame on you. Who does that? Yes. And this is particularly bothersome because we are talking about a man who for so long served as a judge. So what you're telling me is that you are not able to recognize the abuse of power and the oppressive relationship that Bill Cosby was able to hold over these young women who knew that there was a huge discrepancy in the power dynamic between them and Cosby. Like, this is not okay. You cannot do this. And he's got children himself. Like, why why can't you at least just for their sake understand how all of these things that you just said are not just wrong, but truly disgusting? Because there are some people who have such admiration for a person that they can't see past it unless it happens to someone they actually know or them themselves. That's the problem. And that's where we bring in our formerly beloved Felissa Rashad, who we recently gave her her flowers. Um, But now we're going to have to take that back and revoke the black card because she put out a tweet in support of Cosby. And the Howard student body is definitely not having it. Nope, not at all. So within an hour of the Cosby conviction being overturned, Felissa Rashad puts out a tweet in support saying, Finally, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. Oh, no, ma'am. Baby, when I tell you that these Howard students did not want a beat to put out a petition calling for her to immediately step down or get fired as Howard's scene of students. And honestly, I cannot blame them because when you are a dean, one of the responsibilities that you have to take on is how to handle Title IX, which is the legal term that's used on college campuses for handling sexual assault. So this lets me know that you do not understand how victims feel in that particular stance. And in this one tweet, you may think that you were supporting your good, dear friend, your former TV hubby. But what you actually did was discount the experience of countless of women who now have to feel as though their voices will never be heard. That part. And let's remember that Felissa only just started this position last month in June. But I mean, you know what have been the best way to support your dear friend and TV husband of many years? Silence. Silence would have been the best part because there's no right side in this. He believes his side. The women have their side, which is the truth. But if you want to be on this side of your friend, just say nothing. Because saying what you said was clearly disgraceful. You and Judge Joe Brown, you have to sit down because this is not a fight you want to be in. It's not a fight that you were a part of. You put yourself in the middle of it. And now you have to go on living with knowing that you're on the wrong side of history. He did what he did. He just was able to find a legal loophole so that he didn't have to rot in prison for it. All right, let's get into some reality roundup. A more amazing track news. Well, this part is the good track news anyway. 
Usain Bolt welcomes his twins and um, he named them just the cutest names, St. Leo Bolt and Thunderbolt. See, now these are some baby names we could get behind. You know, we were giving Nick Cannon a little trouble just a few episodes ago on the names of his children. Of course, we love all the kids out there, but please give them some names so they could be great in the world. Yeah, and see, these actually make sense. And, you know, there's a whole backstory. We know that Usain Bolt is a track runner. No, Usain Bolt is not just a track runner. He is an Olympian and fast AF. That part, yes. And his kids are going to live up to that legacy as well. You just watch. And talking about all the kids out here, Cardi B most definitely announced she is expecting baby number two while at the BET Music Awards during a very spicy performance. She got down and low. I was like, how's she going to get back up? She had heels on and everything. Girl's a true performer. Well, I mean, Cardi was out here giving us all types of performances when she was still about seven or eight months pregnant with culture. So we know that mama can definitely put on a show. She had her little outfit on with her little preggers cut out and everything, putting the baby bump out on display. I'm very happy for them. I really hope that, you know, they come up with a really strong family dynamic. And I can just imagine how cute this baby going to be because culture, she is out here doing the damn thing. Yes, so happy for them. And now on to Kanye West, who's trying to sue Walmart over some knockoff Yeezys. So I did see these knockoff Yeezys at the Walmart. And um, how similar do they look? How similar do they look? I ain't see them. To me, they don't look all that similar. And honestly, they both ugly. Like the Yeezys are ugly. These Walmart alleged knockoffs are ugly. They're not even made with the same material. Okay, which is cheaper? Which was cheaper looking or which one's cheaper to get? um both which was cheaper looking so i'm not a fan of the yeezys they definitely still look like something that you could get off of like dsw for 2.99 or how about Uh, 3.99 get a brown paper bag and put on your foot that is true actually yes and with all the holes and stuff that are in both shoes you're actually better off wearing a brown paper bag also i just want to say dsw will be having some good shoes so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna knock them they have some good stuff but also their sneakers they come up with multiple new sneakers every year at some point everybody's ripping off everybody so really kanye i mean i know you need money to you know split up the divorce and take care of your kids but this one mm, i don't know and i'm just like why are you trying to hate on walmart just trying to give fashions to people who can't afford your ridiculous two thousand dollar yeezys In better news, a different world reunion was great. It was so good to see when it premiered a few weeks ago. We get to see Dwayne and Whitley reuniting. They reunited first, and then we get to see them get together with the rest of the former cast. Sinbad was there, and he was in a healthy state. This was taped last year prior to his stroke. And he is still doing really well after his stroke, I must say. But it was so good to see the gang together. They spoke to Debbie Allen via Skype. They spoke to Charmaine via Skype. And everybody else just seeing the group together, how they've aged, and just recounting how important their Black excellence school environment that they created, how much it meant to the world, and how much it still is so relevant today. So it was really good to see. So I haven't actually seen the reunion yet, but it's definitely on my watch list because one of the things that I loved about the show in particular is the fact that it put Black college on the center stage. All the experiences that you get from going to an HBCU and what that means for the culture, but the fact that there was just so much 
black excellence representation. I really love that. So I'm really looking forward to be able to, to watch this. Yes. And you also have uh, Lena Waithe, who made an appearance also via Skype, just to show how much that show meant to her. She even named her production company after Hillman College, you know, the fake college that they went to on the show. So it was really great to see someone who is a black producer, actress, who was inspired by them decades ago. It's been about 30 years, which is so crazy to see. Everyone looks almost the same, <laughs> but they look good because the black don't crack that much. And on to a show on the OWN Network. You know, I'm surprised because it's on OWN and you think that, you know, Oprah's Network got a little class, but they don't. It's a show called Put a Ring on It. Sally, tell us about this show, man. This show got me so fucking mad. Oh, my God. So I started watching it and immediately within the first five minutes, I was like, no, I cannot believe that Oprah is out here co-signing this. This is something that I would expect from a Mona Scott Young, but never from an Oprah Winfrey. So basically, this show is trying to be a couples therapy mm. for couples that have been together and want to get married. However, what we are seeing is that mostly the women on this season, there's only three couples and mostly the women want to get married. And it's the men who have some sort of, they're holding back. So instead of just trying to figure out why they're holding back and you know what if you don't want to get married then leave they decide to make the men go on dates with other women and the women go on dates with other men and then talk about those experiences in front of their partner make it make sense why who please tell me who in your production crew said oh this is going to be a great way for us to be able to get these couples to where they want to be i'm gonna send you on a date with somebody no and in some situations, the people that they go on a date would look like a somewhat better version of the person they're with, which is so crazy. They did that on purpose. You know, they, they did, did that on that purpose. On purpose. Production. But in one episode, we even see all the six people who are in these three different relationships. They are all on different dates with different people in the same place just to see if you're paying attention to your partner or what they're doing with another person like mm. i don't understand how any of this is constructive for their relationship if you want to be married you know get married if that's something that you want and this person isn't giving it to you then you you got to move on this one couple she is a former basketball player and her boyfriend is one half of the former rap group field mob they've had a few hits we all remember them from you know 15 years ago when they had their last hit but they have been together for 14 years she met him when she was in college Apparently, they've been off and on. You know, he was rapping and touring. She was playing around the world for 14 years. And she is, no lie, gorgeous, very smart. I don't know what yes. she's doing with him. I have no idea what she's doing with him. Because this man goes on one date with another woman. And he feels like the woman is too perfect. Are you serious? And is out here telling his girl about all of the great things that he felt when he was on the date with this woman, which pissed me off on so many levels. First, yes, after you've been together with someone for a significant amount of time, anything new that you experience with someone else is going to feel fun, is going to feel exciting. But that's not real. When you go out on a date with someone, you are sending your representative. You don't even be sending like... You send the receptionist. You don't even send the person who's like in front of your office until dates five or six. Oh, absolutely. Then, everybody's like a fake version of themselves because you're trying to show like, OK, I'm me, but I'm cute. Like you ain't going to be that every day all day. 
Exactly. So for you to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, she's so great. She's so this. But that's because you still don't know that bitch yet. So, of course, for you, it's like, oh, but now I'm here. I'm so confused. And this man, he comes across as so childish to me and the ways that he interacts with people, his mannerisms. And I'm sorry, honey, 14 years. If you knew that you wanted marriage and you knew that this is the progression that you wanted in your relationship and it's been 14 years and he's not giving it to you, then you need to move on. I've been in plenty of situations where I'm like, I want this. And if after a certain amount of time, I'm not getting it, guess what? Sally out the door. Absolutely. And again, they're a true definition of opposites attract because I don't even understand how they are together, let alone the way he's acting. You have no respect for your girlfriend, the way that you're acting. Like, just no. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to keep watching the show because this is who I am and I need to know what's what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's definitely entertainment. That's why I'm just surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, Oprah, we see you. And now we're going to move on to some Bravo Housewives messy, messy. I am so odd. Mm. At, it's just weird. I'm so disappointed in the season of New York Housewives. Girl, Sally, take it away because she's too much. So, OK, on the one hand, I understand where Ebony K. Williams is coming from in terms of This is a franchise that is 13 years in the making. And in 13 years, they have never had a rich, successful Black housewife on the show. We get it. But girl, every single episode, every single encounter that you have with these women does not necessarily have to be a lecture teachable moment, especially when you keep talking about the same instance over and over and over again. Because if I feel that you've done something to me that I don't like, that I'm not receiving very well, you and I are going to have a conversation about it. And my job then is to look at, are you going to receive what I'm saying? Or are you just going to keep acting in the same way? And if it's going to keep bothering me, guess what? I'm not going to be hanging out with you anymore. But what I'm not about to do is beat a dead horse talking about the same shit over and over again. Absolutely. I feel you. But the thing is, what we all love about the housewives and why we watch the housewives and what joy it brings to us is to see these women, no matter what season, what city, what franchise we're watching, we want to see them get together. We want to see them kiki, have drinks, you know, argue, fight, get drunk, all the mess and the fun. And you know what? There are serious moments. Yes. People cry. People lose others. People, you know, have blowups in their real lives, like divorces or, you know what, maybe the world is in a pandemic. We understand that is a huge platform that you are holding, Ebony K. Williams, as the first black woman on this very white franchise. And you had a great start. And I get that because of the year we've had. Yes, there are many important things that you have to talk about. And it is fine to bring them in where they fit. But race politics and everything else does not need to be brought in in every single conversation i mean the girls went to a dinner in harlem which is great we know how these women are and that's why you're great to shake it up but bringing them to harlem doesn't necessarily mean that you need to lecture them and teach them all about harlem like yes you can talk about the harlem greats and the great things about harlem the food the music the history Oh, that's amazing. But the way you did it was wrong. Your delivery was definitely wrong. You had great intention and I see what you were trying to do, but I'm telling you from a viewer, that was too much. There's a new chick, Brashawn. I like her. What did you think about Brashawn? I like Brashawn and I like the fact that, you know, she has her own voice and she's not afraid to deviate from 
whatever Ebony is saying. I also really love the fact that Brashad is coming on here as a, a badass cancer survivor. Absolutely. You know, they told her you have two months to live and it's 13, 14 years later and she's still out here. Beautiful and fabulous. So all the claps for her on that. And let's not try to act like Ramona is an extremely smart woman. She's not stupid, but she's very ditzy. And if she says she doesn't feel comfortable talking about something, then drop it and leave it at that. But another thing Ebony does is she's very forceful. She doesn't listen and she likes to bring on what the women like to say, bring her work to them. She's a lawyer. She is was a a Fox News correspondent. She also has multiple other shows where she talks about the law and all of the disparities that goes on in the world. We get that. But that's not what these women are here. And I also feel like she took Sonia under her wing to basically just like treat her as a project. Um, I also think that Brashawn seems like she's actually looking to have a good time and be fun because in the trailer for the next episode, I saw that she's calling them boring and I agree. How boring. Yeah. All of the comments for this season is like no good, no bueno. And I agree with them and don't get me wrong. Ramona is more than half the times wrong. No, I lie. She's nearly like 98% wrong. But Ebony, you are coming in hot and heavy. And I know like you feel like because you are the first black woman, you you can't just sit there and take what the women give you. But you can't also like dictate. It's it's getting really weird. It's not the show that I like to watch. I will say that of all the conversations that they've had, one the one that I really did not like was the one from this previous episode where they're sitting down waiting for dinner and she's talking to them about how implying that if you're equated with Trump, you're equated with white supremacy. And I understood what she was trying to say, but I don't think that she explained it improperly for how she meant it, especially because when people think white supremacists, they're thinking, you know, the KKK skinheads, someone who is not well-versed in what it means to discuss the institution of white supremacy and how that can inform your opinion. I just think that it was very flippant and it wasn't the time or the place for the context of that conversation. Um, I just want to agree with you. When you said it wasn't the right place or time for that conversation, it absolutely wasn't because you know what question they asked? The girls said, hey, Sonia, how was your trip to Philly with Ebony? Yes, I forgot. That's how it started. started, Sonia started to talk about and basically they went to Philly to go meet a matchmaker. How did you end up, Ebony, then turning the conversation into politics and white supremacy? Like, I don't understand. This was about dating, what kind of men she wanted, a rich man. They didn't even get into any of that. I really wanted them to talk about what she wants in a man because I want to know. Ebony skirt, skirt, skirt that whole conversation into... I was literally appalled, but bravo, I don't know, fix it. I don't want the girl to get fired. Like, I like Ebony on the show, but she just has to, she got to stop. Yeah, I think she could be a good time. You know what? I need her to be a little bit less Ebony K. Williams, lawyer, news correspondent, and more Ebony, friend of Leah, who is also a crazy hot mess. I don't know what they need, but I'm going to give them one more episode and then I'm done watching until the reunion and I will write some letters to Bravo and Andy because it's going to be too much. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any it be your own people moments, 
send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.